All right, let's turn to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. And we'll read verses 8 through 20. So again, if we can get some people to help set up chairs and tables after the service, so we'll be ready for Sunday. All right, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, beginning in verse 8, says this. If thou seest the oppression of the poor and violent perverting of judgment and justice in a province, marvel not at the matter. For he that is higher than the highest, amen, regardeth, and there be higher than they. Moreover, the prophet of earth is for all. The king himself is served by the field. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase that is also vanity. When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof, saving the beholding of them with their eyes? The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much. But the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. There is a sore evil which I have seen under the sun, namely, riches kept for the owners thereof to their hurt. But those riches perish by evil travail, and he begetteth a son, and there is nothing in his hand. As he came forth of his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came, and shall take nothing of his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. And this also is a sore evil, that in all points as he came, so shall he go. And what profit hath he that hath labored for the wind? <laughs> All his days also he eateth in darkness, and he hath such sorrow and wrath with his sickness. <laughs> Behold, that which I have seen, it is good and comely for one to eat and to drink and enjoy the good of all his labor that he taketh under the sun all the days of his life, which God giveth him, for it is his portion. Every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth and hath given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God." <laughs> Verse 20, for he shall not much re remember the days of his life because God answereth him in the joy of his heart. Let's pray again. Father, again, Lord, we just thank you for your goodness and mercy and grace. And Lord, we, again, we just pray for the many sick among us. Lord, please, wherever they are right now, just touch them, our dear God, and, and give them healing. And uh, Lord, just uh, sustain them right now with what's going on in their life. Lord, we think of uh, Brother uh, Muxlow, we think of Joseph and uh, others with sickness, so we pray a special prayer for uh, Sister Angela's father as he's in ICU. Thank you, Lord, that there's uh, uh, some uh, uh, improvement today, but Lord, we ask you just to give the doctors wisdom. Lord, please touch him and give direction there. We pray for Donald, uh, Lord, as he has this procedure tomorrow, that they'd uh, get everything taken care of, and uh, there wouldn't be any further issues with that. Please help them. Lord, uh, we pray for uh, those that need to make important decisions. Lord, you said ask. Lord, if we need wisdom to ask, so we're asking to give wisdom where it's needed, direction where it's needed, and guidance. Lord, we thank you for the praises. Uh, that were given tonight, Lord. And Lord, we thank you for uh, moving in that situation, answering that prayer or meeting uh, that need. Just be with them. Uh, Lord, again, uh, touch, uh, uh, Lord, we thank you, Sister Judy, continue to uh, touch her. And uh, Lord, we need a miracle there. So Lord, please move in 
uh, there and just uh, other things that are up on our heart, Lord. You need, uh, you know, people that other decisions they need to make. <laughs> Lord, you know, financial needs. Uh, Lord, uh, you know, uh, Lord, needs of salvation. Lord, people that have been witnessed to, Lord, as we get near the holidays and <laughs> with loved ones and friends and uh, being a witness there. Lord, I pray that you'd uh, work in hearts and those that we have been praying for, wherever they are right now, just convict them and uh, deal with their heart about turning to you. So now, Lord, we yield ourselves to you, and Lord, guide us through thy word. Help us to grow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs> so uh, look again here at verse 8 says, If thou seest the oppression of the poor and violent perverting of judgment and justice in a province, marvel not at the matter. In other words, don't be surprised that you see this. But remember, when you do see this, when you see all the wicked that's going on in the world. Remember, he that is higher than the highest regardeth, and there be higher than they. So God says that we see the oppression of the poor, and we see violent perverting of uh, judgment, right? And as a matter of fact, right, we see all the the, the wickedness going on uh, around us, and it's gonna. We know it's gonna be more and more, and our world is just full of of oppression, and our world is full of perversion. And so uh, we see those that have chosen uh, to live on the wrong side of life. When you live according to uh, the flesh and the world, you've chosen to live on the wrong side of life. And of course, we're aware that uh, uh, we live in this kind of world. Isaiah 5.20 says, woe unto them, woe unto them. They call evil good and good evil that put darkness for light and light for darkness that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And uh, no doubt, uh, we see that all around us with all this wokeness and stuff going on in America. Uh, some of you may know, I saw this article today who uh, Kirk Cameron is. Some people know uh, who is. I guess he was, you know, on a, he was on a, a show when he was young and he got, I guess, uh, he, he got saved and he's done some things. And so he's, he's known for being vocal about his uh, uh, faith, but I saw today in the news where he's written a a faith based children's book, and he went to uh, he, he approached. I'm not saying for him, or I guess I, I just know the story here that I guess he wrote a faith based children's book, and so he approached several public libraries about having a reading hour to read. I guess his faith based children's book. And they turned him down. They turned him down because they knew that it was a faith-based children's book. And some of them publicly, I mean, boldly said, well, no, we don't want you uh, reading in, uh, that type of book in our library because we promote and we, you know, we're, we believe in diversity, right? <laughs> And, and we, you know, we stand with the LGBTQ, M-O-U-S-E uh, community, right? And uh, all these things. So here they'll allow drag queens to come in, but they won't let somebody come in and read a faith-based children's book. And boy, that is a, that is a uh, clear uh, showing of those that call evil good and good evil. And, of course, that's just uh, wicked and, and vile. I mean, that's just, what other words can you say? It's wicked and it's vile, and uh, that's where our society is, where they, I mean, just like in your face. Like, you know, we, we don't want to hear it because this is our, this is our agenda. 
And uh, so that shows you how wicked and vile uh, society is common and uh, these public libraries. And I'm sure if uh, uh, Carnegie, if you know of Carnegie, the wealthy man that helped uh, build a lot of these public libraries, uh, I guarantee you, if he was alive, he'd probably start using his money to shut them down for promoting such wickedness. But that's where we, uh, <clears throat> that's where we are today. It goes on to say here in verse 10, He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This also is vanity. When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof, saying, beholding them with their eyes? The sleep of our laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep." There is a sore evil which I have seen under the sun, namely riches kept for the owners thereof to their hurt. But those riches perish by evil travail, and he, be, he begetteth a son, and there is nothing in his hand. So uh, there's no satisfaction is what it's saying in material things. Pursuing material things over spiritual things is living a life on the wrong side of life. The man who loves worldly possessions is going to find out that they do not satisfy. You think, oh, if I could just have more. You know, the, the one that says, well, you know, uh, uh, with a man, $1,000, I, I can't make ends meet with $1,000 a, a week. Well, then he gets $3,000 a week, and you know what he says? Oh, I can't make ends meet with $3,000 uh, uh, a week. You know, I think of uh, somebody I know, I mean, that was making what, $30,000 a month. And uh, they were still, because they were used to living at such a high level, they didn't know how to lower uh, 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 their level of living, and they were having trouble living on uh, $30,000 uh, a month. Uh, man, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know. How can you make that much money? And have, but, you know, that's how we are. We think, oh, man, I can't meet it. But then we get used to living another level. You know, we, instead of putting that extra money away, all of a sudden we can't live it at that level either. But that's, uh, that's how the world uh, teaches us. And so uh, basically what these verses say is there's no satisfaction in living on the wrong side of life. And of course, as believers, we've, uh, we've, uh, we've learned that and we've accepted Jesus Christ. And so we want to live on the right side of life. Look at verses 15 and 16. Say this, As he came forth of his mother's womb, <coughs> naked shall he return to go as he came, and shall take nothing of his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. And this also is a sore evil, that in all points as he came, so shall he go. And what profit hath he <coughs> that hath labored for the wind? And the good thing about uh, being saved is you learn that, hey, uh, we've realized the things of the world don't satisfy, and we've found the one who does satisfy, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we realize that uh, by living on the right side of life, right, we have the understanding that, listen, we realize, as we've talked about before, we're pilgrims, and we came to this world with nothing. We're going to leave this world with nothing. And what we have in between is uh, just uh, uh, the, the grace of God in our life and to be used for serving the Lord. On the right side of life, right, of course, we look at things different because we look at things from a biblical perspective, a biblical perspective. We know we need material things, right? I mean, you know, we don't pursue 
material things, but we know that we need them, right? I mean, we are glad that, uh, you know, we have, a, we, we have a car and a roof over our head and some of these amenities, but they're not what we chase in life, right? We, we agree with 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 and 7, which say, but godliness with contentment is great gain. The great gain isn't uh, gaining a bunch of material things, but the great gain is knowing that God has promised to meet our need and he meets our needs and we trust him with meeting our needs and we're satisfied with his provision in our life. For again, verse seven, for we again, goes along with the Ecclesiastes, we brought nothing into this world and it's certain we can carry nothing out. When we live on the right side of life, we are resting in the Lord's faithfulness to meet our needs. So uh, I mentioned uh, for a moment the, the wrong side of life, right? There are the people living on the wrong side of life. And thank the Lord if you're saved and you're living on the right side of life. But I want to talk about another level for the believer to live on. Most people just look at the right, wrong side of life and the right side of life, and they say, well, hey, I'm glad I'm saved, and I'm living on the right side of life. But as believers, not only should we understand the difference between living on the wrong side and the right side, we should take that to another level. And so let's look at verses 18 through 20, which say, Behold, that which I have seen, it is good and comely for one to eat and to drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor that he taketh under the sun all the days of his life. I mean, the Lord does want us uh, to enjoy life. Look here, which God giveth. See, we understand, again, these things that we have are the goodness of God in our life. For it is his portion. He's provided these things for us. Every man also to whom God hath given... And this is what they don't understand, but we understand as believers, God hath given riches and wealth and hath given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. For he shall not much remember the days of his life because God answered him in the joy of his heart. So again, most believers understand the difference between the wrong side and the right side of life. But for believers, right, there should be another level. Once we understand about living on the right side of life, right, that we should understand what uh, we might call the bright side of life, right? For believers, there's another level, not just understanding the wrong and right, but living the bright side of life, if you will. I think about that, you know, right now, uh, uh, it's Christmas time, and what do you think about? You think about, the, a lot of people think about the Christmas lights. Everyone likes the Christmas lights, right? We like to take the kids and the grandkids around to see uh, the Christmas lights, you know. It's fun to take the children and uh, grandchildren. Uh, around the other day, uh, we were going over to see... Um, uh, Sharon and Eric's new house. We were driving through some neighborhoods, and uh, man, some people, some people really uh, go all out. I remember years ago uh, when my uh, father lived in Saint Petersburg, and he lived right now, right near a very wealthy neighborhood. And we would go down there. You remember that, Joel? I mean, it was just crazy. I mean, hundreds of thousands of lives, the lives that people uh, would. Uh, 
uh, would uh, put out there. And of course, you know, there's areas around here and, you know, it's fun. It's fun to see that. But this, uh, but you know, it's nice to see those lights shining. But this time of year is a great opportunity for Christians to shine for the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, listen, we can be a Christmas light, uh, so to speak, and shine forth for Jesus. And of course, the Bible tells us that. Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And so maybe if my neighbor asks, hey, why didn't you put up any Christmas lights? I say, hey, I am a Christmas light, amen? Jesus is the reason for the season, amen? And I'm shining forth for him, right? So, you know, and of course, we got a lot of sickness uh, going around as well. You know, I don't know what your, your go-to medicine is. I mentioned for mine's NyQuil, right? I believe NyQuil cures cancer. I mean, I believe it can heal anything. So just a shout out there for uh, uh, NyQuil. But, uh, but, you know, hey, there is one medicine that we can all carry around this time of year as we deal with all this sickness. And what is that? A merry heart. Proverbs 17, 22 says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So as we shine forth Jesus, hey, maybe we can help some of these people, encourage some of these people by having a good spirit. That word merry means happy, to be filled with joy, to be exceeding glad. It also means many. I thought that was kind of interesting that it means many. Well, hey, as we go forth and we shine forth for Jesus, we can look at many opportunities, right, to be a blessing to others. And this is what people need to see in our lives. They just don't need to know, you know, hey, you know, we're right about this and we're right about that. And I'm glad we are. But not only do we need to be right, we need to be bright. Amen. We need to see that, let that truth shine forth, not just in a dry doctrinal sense, even though that's good, but we, people need to see it lived out in our life and shining through our life, right? People need to see that, that we're bright for Jesus. People need to see the blessings of God, right? Make us rejoice. <coughs> Here's a good verse, Deuteronomy 16, 15. The second half of that verse says this, because the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all thine increase, right? All these things that we have are the goodness of God and in all the works of thy hands, therefore thou shalt surely rejoice. Therefore thou shalt surely rejoice. And boy, as, as we think about this season, may people see us rejoicing, Right? Not just about what's under. Remember, the greatest gift ever given wasn't under a tree. The greatest gift ever given was on a tree, right? Jesus Christ, amen, when he hung on that tree, that was the greatest uh, gift. So remind people about that. Oh, you know, the greatest gift was on a tree. Well, that's a good one. People talk about a Christmas tree. Remember, the greatest gift was on a tree. Jesus Christ, when he hung on that tree as the gift of God for us and shed his blood and paid the price. Psalm 126.3 says, The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Again, Proverbs 15.13. Again, a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. Hey, we know we've got it. On the inside, right? I've got joy, joy, joy. What? Where? Down in my heart. Well, good. Amen. Let it, amen. Let it, let it overflow and show on our face as we go around, right? Don't be, I know you love your grandchildren, but you know, don't be uh, fighting with those people in Walmart over that last toy that's popular this year, trying to get it. <laughs> it's crazy what people, what people do there, but hey, let's not get into that. 
2 Timothy 3.13 reminds us, but evil men and seducers shall what? Wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So we know what's bad, and we know what's going to get worse. But while the world is getting worse and worse, our desire, right, should be to shine brighter and brighter, right? Right? The, 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 light, the, uh, the light shines brighter, the darker it gets. And so the darker this world gets, don't worry about them getting worse and worse. We know that's going to happen. So the issue isn't, isn't the, is the world getting worse and worse. <laughs> the issue is, are we letting ourselves shine brighter and brighter for the Lord Jesus Christ and being a more effective witness <laughs> for, the Lord, uh, for the Lord? We know what the, the world's going to do. Hey, forget that. It's about what we're going to do in shining bright for the Lord <laughs> Jesus Christ. Matthew 5, 14, ye are the light of the world. Right? That's our job, to shine forth in the world. A city that is on a hill cannot be hid. And, of course, that's the church. So it's not that things are not going on, right? Hey, even in, the, even in this season, things are going on in our life. Even in this season, we've got burdens and we've got cares. So that's not the issue. We know that things, uh, things are going on, but here's the thing. Even though things are go- going on in our life, we don't let them stop us from going on. Amen. Even though they're still going on, we're still dealing with burdens. We, we, we've still got that pain. We've still got that need that needs to be met. We still need the wisdom in making that decision. We're still trying to figure this thing out. But even while those things are going on, we're still trusting the Lord, and they don't stop us from going on. Amen. And still having a proper countenance and shining forth for the Lord Jesus Christ during this time. Again, verse 20, for he shall not much remember the days of his life because God answereth him again in the joy of his heart. For he shall not much remember the days of his life, right? If we live on the bright side of life, not just the right side, but if we live on the bright side of life, our service for the Lord will make the trials of life seem as nothing. A good example is... uh, uh, Jacob, remember uh, when he was uh, working for uh, Rachel? It make, remember this statement it says about him when he was working hard uh, those seven years for uh, uh, Rachel? It says this, And Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days for the love that he had her. In other words, all he had to endure that seven years seemed as nothing. He didn't remember all that labor because his focus was his service, amen, for getting his bride. And that's the way life should seem to us. Sure, I'm sure he had some hard days during those seven years. I'm sure he went home weary a lot uh, during those seven years, but it says they seemed as nothing because his focus was on his love for her. And that's how it should be. Our focus for our love for our Lord and our love for serving him and being a witness to him for shining should make all these things seem as but a few days and a light thing. So there are those who live on the wrong side of life because they're following the world. And there are those who live on the right side of life, like us, right? Because they believe and live by the word of God. Thank God we're not on the wrong side. Thank God we're on the right side. But then to step on that, we not only want to be on the right side, we want to be on the bright side and being a witness for the Lord. Shining bright for the Lord. We need to be people filled with the joy of the Lord. You know the song, you know, you know, joy to the world, right? Well, hey, that joy to the world 
Hey, you know what? It's supposed to come through us. How's that joy get to the world? Well, it comes from Jesus, but it comes from Jesus shining through us. So we need to be people filled with the joy of the Lord. A lost and dying world needs to see how wonderful it is to live on this earth knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. So as we go through this season, let people see us shine bright because we follow what is right. Not just believe what is right, but follow what is right and let, amen, the Lord shine through us. We have joy in our hearts because we recognize that our lives and everything that we have is a gift from Him. Now, you've heard of, many of you have heard of George Mueller. I like this uh, 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 thought here. George Mueller was a preacher in England, of course, more than centuries ago. And, of course, we know he cared for uh, orphans. It's kind of an interesting story because he lived in England, but he was German, right? He was German, but he cared for uh, a lot of orphans, and he constantly faced tremendous needs in caring for those children. Uh, How many people have read his biography? Yeah, Uh, amazing story. But it said a farmer who passed Mueller on the road one day said, Had I not known him, had I not known that that was George Mueller, I should have said he was a gentleman of leisure and without care. So quietly did he walk, and so peacefully and stately was his demeanor. The 23rd Psalm was written on his face. So though Mueller carried great responsibility and burdens, right, the needs of all those children upon his heart, he was living on the bright side of life. You couldn't tell by looking at him. By looking at him, you couldn't tell that he spent so much time in prayer, and you couldn't tell, uh, you know, uh, by looking at him, you couldn't tell if the refrigerators were full at the orphan house or if they were empty. You couldn't tell by looking at him. And that's how Christianity is supposed to be. And I used to uh, tell people, you know, when I was a missionary, sometimes I'd walk into church and I'd have, I'd have uh, money in the bank and things would be good, right? And blessing, sometimes I'd walk into the church, I'm lucky if I had a quarter in my pocket. But hopefully, people couldn't tell the difference, right? <laughs> hopefully, people couldn't tell which way it was, whether I was walking in the church with money in the bank or whether I was walking in the church with nothing. Because either way, whether my bank or my pockets were full, every time I walked in, my heart was full, Amen of the goodness and the grace of God. So may we allow the Lord, right, to help us shine on the bright side of life, right, uh, before, before others. That's what we want to do. So uh, uh, also I want to read uh, this to you too. Now, of course, they say Abraham Lincoln said this. I don't know if he did, but, you know, uh, Abraham Lincoln, either Abraham Lincoln said it or Benjamin Franklin or Martin Luther King Jr. I think they're the only ones that ever quoted anything great according to the books. But this is something to think about. Now, again, life is not about what weighs you down, but what and who is holding you up. So this is attributed to Abraham Lincoln, so we'll give it to him. Abraham Lincoln said, at least they say he did, until you're 40, God is responsible for how you look. After 40, you're responsible for the way you look. Right? So now what is that what is that saying, right? God is responsible for the way you look until you're 40. After that, you're responsible for the way. What so what's that supposed to mean? Well, of course, this is a simple saying, I believe emphasize, emphasizing the way one looks when they are older, the way one looks when they are older 
often has to do with the way they have lived life and or responded to life. Many people wear their life story on their face. It is seen in their countenance, right? Either positive or negative. Have you ever been surprised by someone's age? Right? I mean, you look at some uh, 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 people, of course, that have lived, lived on the wrong side of life and had a hard life, and they give you their age, and you would have thought they were uh, 10, 20 years older. But then you've met people, right? And uh, they tell you their age, and you would have thought they were 10, 20 years younger. And a lot of it has to do with the way that we handled uh, th- things in life, uh, especially as, uh, as believers, as believers, So something to think about. Now, we know Job 14.1 says, Man is born of a woman a few days and full of trouble. But not only must we know Jesus Christ, again, our life must show forth Jesus Christ in our countenance. And that's going to be, that might have a lot to do with, hey, how how we've allowed Christ to to shine through us and how we've responded to things uh, biblically in life and to determine, amen, how we age. At Christmas, again, we like to say Jesus is the reason for the season. But we also need people to know Jesus is the reason for my joy and peace this season and throughout the year. So I'll finish with this, John 15, 11. These things have I spoken to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy may be full. So we need to ask ourselves, amen, am I on the right side of life? Well, amen. But not only do I want to be on the right side of life, I want to be on the bright side of life. And so let us think about that as we go throughout this season, amen, as people are looking at all the Christmas lights, we'll say, hey, I want to be a Christmas light of you, amen. I want to shine forth the countenance of the Lord and be a good example of his blessings in my life. Let's pray.